Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So you know that song Chicago by Sufjan Stevens, right? Drove to Chicago, all things known, all things known. You might not have known the name of the artist until now, but I'm betting the song sounds familiar. It's from his album called Illinois. The album is this extraordinary song cycle. It's sort of an epic, almost 90-minute album that Sufjan wrote. And in this new musical that just opened at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater called Illinois with an E, the album works as the source material. The songs hold a lot. So there's a lot to process as a listener and lover of the album. And also a lot I think we were able to to build off of and explore in this kind of theatrical production that we're making with the album as our blueprint. This is Justin Peck. And like Sufjan Stevens, even if you don't know his name, you know his work. He's the resident choreographer of New York City Ballet, and he's also choreographed films, including the West Side Story movie from 2021, and more recently, Maestro, the movie about Leonard Bernstein that has seven Oscar nominations. Now, in the case of Illinois, he's the director, choreographer, and co-writer. The musical is about this group of young creatives that meets every year to share their work with each other. The main protagonist is named Henry, and it's really his story. It's kind of like coming-of-age story of this young person. Which is really fitting because for Justin, the album itself was part of his coming-of-age. The album made a huge impression on me as a young person. I first Mm -hmm. heard it when I was like 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had just moved to New York City, and it's one of those albums that if people know it and you talk to them about it, they... They don't only know the album, but they know where they were, what they were feeling, what they were going through, like when they first heard it. So there's a lot of like memories associated with Mm -hmm. it. And it's had like almost 20 years to be out in the world now. So there's this kind of like generation of folks who have kind of grown, grown up with it. And then also younger generations who are discovering it for the first time, too. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel timeless in that way and nostalgic and all that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of fun to like to like wait almost 20 years to do this because it's like it proves that it's it's stood the test of time. Um, So it doesn't feel like out of date. And a lot of the themes it explores aren't, um, you know, they're still they're still relevant to today Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Musicals like Illinois um, are this rare example of creating a story to fit the music and not the other way around. Where did you even start? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it is, it's a, it's a challenge to figure that out because it's, it's, it's a lot like making a puzzle. Like you have all the pieces and it's like, how do you assemble that into something that makes sense? Um, uh, you know, not only makes sense, but has like a kind of dr- dramatic arc and mm-hmm. a, a resonance with an audience who's going to like sit for 90 minutes and watch this thing. 
And we started with an approach where what, like, is it possible to tell a story through this without even changing the order of the album? That we had to break. That was one <laughs> rule we did have to break uh, yeah. in order to. It's nice to keep it like totally pure, but sometimes it doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the exactly for like the music purists who want to like yes. just sit and like listen to the the track list in order. That was like part of our goal because a big part of this was like, how do we honor this album and this music? And it's so um, beloved by so many people. Um, we wanted to provide an experience for for those fans. And I should also mention that a big part of the process of making this, developing it and shaping it has been with my writing partner, Jackie Siblish Drury. Mm -hmm. And Jackie is um, a phenomenal playwright and storyteller in her own right. And, um, and she's been essential to kind of like cracking the code of all this. So we were able to develop a story um, that is expressed with there's no text in the show there's no spoken mm. like lines or dialogue mm -hmm. everything is through the delivery of these songs and through a kind of expression of uh of dance and of movement gesture um body language so it's almost like watching a silent movie that's set to a soundtrack when you come and see it and um, hmm. and I think a big part of cracking this this code here it was like the framing device in which we we're telling this story. So when folks come to see this show, they'll notice that like there's this framing device of a central campfire that all the characters surround, and it's sort of the entry point into the process of storytelling, into how hmm. these different characters yeah. share their stories. And and some of that, uh, some of those characters come forth with um, with stories that are more short form at first until we we meet our protagonist. And at that point, we delve into a more extensive sort of odyssey of a story. I, I love hearing that it opens with this campfire. I mean, it just reminds me of the scene that has been painted for me so much when people talk about the history of storytelling, right? It's oral history, right? And so sitting around a campfire or in some type of group setting and hearing a story from an elder or someone in your community or, um, you know, someone that you make art with, for instance, right, is uh, is such a... Um, such a pivotal component of, of, of the history of storytelling. So yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I completely agree. And in, in a way the show is, it has this meta thing about it where it's, it's actually about the act of storytelling. And like mm. you said, it's like, it's about that kind of passing from person to person and also like the repetition of even like yes. a single story that we tell how we, we tell it and then we retell it and we retell it again. And every time it's like a little bit different. Oh, right? yeah. And I think it's a great like tribute to the act of performance and theater that like every time you're coming to see a show, it's it'll never be the same performance twice. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Would someone who lives in Chicago or in Illinois recognize elements from a musical beyond just the yeah. music? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I mean, it's it's sort of perfect that we're we're able to premiere this work at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater because the album is such an anthem, not only for the city, but for the state. Um, and there's there's so many like 
little Easter eggs that run throughout yeah. the music, like with the lyrics and and even within the show in terms of like design and uh, and setting uh, that I think locals will really love and appreciate. Um, but it's also, I think, like it's a universal story that mm. um, that people all over, I hope, will be able to kind of connect with. And there's something so magical about um, facing inward and and around this this light and this heat source and the built-in theatrical qualities of the the firelight hitting everyone's faces and what that does to us and the kind of beckoning of storytelling and of song and of dance that that does. So I know a version of this production Illinois without the E. <laughs> yes, um, actually, pre-E. yeah, yeah, pre E. Um, actually, got a stage in last year at the Fisher Center at Bard College. Uh, I'm really curious, like, what you learned from that. Um, any fine tuning that happened since then? Like, what came of kind of the pre E process? Uh, <laughs> yeah, until now. Absolutely. Um, the show was sort of in my head, and the. As as much as I would try to describe it, it's like no one really knew what it was until we could get it up on its feet and show people instead of tell telling people. Yeah. And so I think it was a really crucial step of the process. And um and I think like we were all able to step back and kind of be like, oh, and um respond to something and put it in front of audiences and what we've done since then is a lot of work on developing the narrative um so it feels like there's a satisfying arc to the whole experience mm-hmm. um and then also um go- going back to the drawing board a little bit and reworking a lot of the scenic design Mm. Um, so that it had more dimension to it so that it kind of like integrated the music a bit more into the like physical world of the space. It's still very like DIY handmade feel to it, but, but it has some, some movement to it now that we didn't have at, um, at the Bard Fisher Center. So that's been great. I think to like be able to have that process and now do a ton of work on it over the last like seven months, seven or eight months and bring it uh, here to Chicago. So, yeah, I know you've choreographed to Sufian's music before. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about like what about I'm like, I know for me listening, like I, you know, automatically I'm like freestyling at the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, I'm out here. Like, I want to dance this way to this song, this other way. Like, and then even within one time, I mean, there's one I heard that was like six, six and a half minutes, you know, and I I can't even, you know, like I did so much different stuff, you know, in my living room, just like rocking out and, and, you know, kind of going in. Um, But yeah, tell me what for you about his work gets you inspired as a dance maker. Yeah. I mean, he, his his music is pretty unbelievable in that way where like you sometimes you can hear like a six minute song he wrote and it goes to like 
seven different places over the course of that song. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't quite understand how he's able to do that. Um, but I think for me, it's his like restlessness with, and also his resistance towards being defined or like categorized. Mm. I think like he's not like a one note or singular musician composer. Like he's someone who will write a collection of quiet folk songs on the banjo at one point and then take a 180 and write an orchestral suite for like 60 piece (laughs) orchestra and then take another, you know, turn turn another corner and um, write an, an electronic album that's like all beats. And he, he writes challenging music too. Like a lot of his music is not typical, just like four, four, like he'll, he'll throw in like a seven, eight or like an 11 count. So yeah, I've always been really drawn to his range how much was Sufian a part of the creative process, um, if at all? And what was it like to collaborate in this way with everyone? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I had a lot of conversations with Sufian uh, early on when I was thinking about doing this project. And mm-hmm. I, I just I always felt like there was something to discover in a stage work that derives from this album. And so I, we would talk extensively about it. And I think at a certain point, he, he was very candid with me and said that he just felt like this, this music is from almost a lifetime ago mm. for him. Mm. And it's not something that he feels like he would want to go, like, go back and revisit or, or he even feels like there's no purpose to doing that. I think he's a very like forward moving, forward thinking okay. artist. He's always searching for the next thing. Uh-huh. Um, but he was, you know, he said to me, like, if you want to make this into something or interpret it, you have my blessing. You, you know, take it and um, and find your way with it. And and that was a, a really beautiful moment. And mm-hmm. I, I'm so grateful for, um, for having the honor to uh, work with this this album and uh, we worked with Timo Andres, who is a great composer in his own right and an orchestrator and a, a music arranger. Mm. Timo became a kind of like on the ground uh, music arranger. And of course, everything sort of goes through Sufian and gets run by okay. Sufian. And, you know, the one thing Sufian mentioned to me when we were, we talked uh, at one point pretty extensively about, the album and the content and he said to me you know that this is an album not a lot of people realize this at first but um but it's it has a lot of darkness in it Mm. and um he said lean into that more because Mm. when you first hear the album uh on surface level it it has a kind of upbeat yeah um there is a lightness at times yeah yeah, it's got some bops in yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but there, if you just peel back that surface layer, there's a, there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. within it. And so we tried to um, to do just that. And I, I couldn't do all of it alone. Yeah. And, um, and so early on, I started to just like 
seek out like who that person could be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I met Jackie and we talked about this in a very casual way at first and it like clicked immediately. Like she herself is one of those people that I described earlier. Um, someone who like heard the album and knows exactly where they were and what they were feeling when they heard that. And mm, okay. um, so it means a lot to her. Yeah. If a listener is planning to see Illinois, mm-hmm. what's one thing you'd want them to think about or watch for going into the show? I think I would, I would ask them to be open to the language of delivery of this show. Mm. Um, that it's not your conventional musical expression, that it has um, its own physical language that at times is very nuanced and very much inspired by how we move through the world as humans um, and how we express certain emotions through our bodies. Like, I don't want to make the com- this kind of comparison, but it's like, it's kind of like when you go and you see a Shakespeare play and you have to kind of like allow yourself to adjust to a language that we're not used to. And if you're able to do that, you can be transcended by that experience mm. and that story. And, yeah. and the writing and the poetry of it. Um, so I think there is a kind of poetry to this language that is unique to itself. And that for an audience, if they can make that adjustment, then I think that they'll find a kind of emotional resonance to this show. Justin Peck is the director, choreographer, and co-writer of Illinois. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. The show is open now and it runs through February 18th. For tickets and more information, go to chicagoshakes.com. And FYI, the Shakespeare Theater is an underwriter for WBEZ. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.